Welcome to Leo Rising, a living tarot and creative intuition podcast. Here we'll have a conversational exploration of tarot, personal and spiritual growth, and identity formation. It's less of a how-to and more of a come along on the journey with me. I'll process stories from my life, both from the past and from the current moments that I'm moving through, to give listeners things to think about in their own journey. I'll also be introducing you to wonderful humans who are exploring these topics in their lives, either personally, professionally, or both. So my name is Jenna Fox, and I'm an educator, writer, tarot reader, Reiki master, and queer mystical mama. What I'm not is an expert. So if you're a seeker, if you've got a curious mind or are interested in esoteric topics, then this is the podcast for you. And I'm so excited to have you on the journey. Let's get started, shall we? On today's episode, I'm going to talk with you about tarot and how it contributes to and perpetuates different systems of oppression, and maybe some things to think about as we tarot readers or people that are participating in the tarot community can do to change that. So let's back up and look at tarot as a system for divination or even a way of simply describing the world. And I'm going to talk with you about a couple of different aspects of how tarot is problematic and can be problematic. So as I've talked before, the simple structure of the tarot is major cards that usually deal with big spiritual themes, big life lessons in, you know, zero to 21. Um, So we have the fool all the way up through the world. And those are things that people are going to experience in their life. And then the additional cards. So that makes up a very, it's called the major arcana, but it's a minority in the actual deck. The rest of the cards are the four suits. And if you think about like an actual playing deck of cards that you might use, you know, at Thanksgiving with your family to play gin rummy, gin, gin rummy or um, crazy eights or go fish, you know, you have the diamonds, you have the clubs, you have the hearts and you have the um, spades. And then in those decks, you have the court cards. So tarot works very similarly. One to ten and the 1 to 10 is typically seen as a journey. And then there's the court cards. In tarot, there's the page, the knight, the queen, and the king. And if you're thinking historically about tarot, the pretty much agreed upon history is that it came out of medieval Europe. Now there's some controversy and there's some talk about was it influenced by um, Egyptian, were there some other influences? This is not going to be a, a podcast episode that's going to really dive into all of the intricate histories of the tarot decks or different divination decks. But if we think about medieval or ancient Europe and how the lens, the worldview, influences tarot. So we have the 1 to 10, and it's a journey, and it, the, the different suits typically are club, or, um, clubs are like wands or batons, and then you have pentacles or coins, 
and then you have swords, and then you have cups or vessels. So the different suits have different functions. So they talk about different realms of relationships or career, family, or creativity. The court cards are what I would say tend to be the most problematic or something that I view as problematic. And there are plenty of tarot podcasts that talk about this and how the different aspects of the court cards, so we think page, knight, queen, and king, have different energetic elements to them. So there's a lot of talk about how can we make tarot non-hierarchical? Because if you think about the ancient medieval way of being in the world, there was sort of the peasants, which might be, um, and the regular people, which might fall in the one to ten images on the card. And then the court, which has a hierarchy, right? The king is considered, even in tarot, to be the ultimate expression of that suit. And so I asked those questions of, if we believe that masculine and feminine don't need to stand at odds with one another, and there isn't a binary, and that we all can have different um, expressions of those energies, how do we embody that while also knowing that we live in a culture where there is a societal bias for things to be good or better than or a ladder or a hierarchy. So if we're thinking about embodying energy and we want to have the fullest expression of a certain energy, does that unconsciously lead us towards thinking that the king of a suit is better than a queen and the queen is better than a knight and a knight is better than a page? Is life sort of a linear ladder of success as we're going through things? Or is it a little bit more of like a web? So I'm going to talk about a couple different stories kind of related to some of these issues. A couple weeks ago, um, I was engaging in a Facebook conversation, which I know people are like, ah, bad idea, right? I was engaging in a Facebook conversation um, on a friend's wall and he had posted something and I was kind of getting into an argument with a woman who lives in the area and she was saying the phrase upward mobility and what she was saying for um, some different marginalized people was their their upward mobility and their statistics and all this. And I kept thinking about that phrase because in my life, I don't often use phrases like that or even think about my life in that way. And that we, we can unpack, you know, the privilege that I'm in in this situation in my, in my body and in my city and in my career that's outside of, you know, podcasting for the five people that listen. Upward mobility 
was the lens that she was looking at the world. And so if I'm thinking about practical ways of using tarot in the world, that is an example. She was coming at the discussion with this idea of upward mobility being the goal. And the challenge was, is that I wasn't seeing that as the goal. So we were directly at odds. So if I'm coming to tarot for myself or with people who are coming for a tarot reading, I want to keep in mind and talking with, you know, others in the tarot community, online, even in my explanations of things to really emphasize that I don't think that it is a hierarchical journey, a ladder of success, a ladder towards something. It's more of an experience of these different energies. And yet at the same time, as I say that to both myself and to clients, I have to recognize that the world doesn't operate that way, right? So I say it's, and I say this to my students actually, because I'm working with a group of students. They've come to a community college and they're in in a dropout prevention program. So they're working on their AA and we talk about motivation and we talk about success. And my definition of success for those students looks so varied. I was recently writing up a not a program review, but it was for a student who was working on a class project and talking about some of the challenges of my program and some of the things that um, are are difficult. And one of the things that I highlighted was a narrow view of success because this culture that is driven by capitalism and has laws put into place around funding looks at, for my students, success being completion of a GED or completion of a high school diploma or completion of an AA degree. And those are trackable statistics that we can put into place. But what, and I talk with my students about this, what those numbers don't show are the student who dropped out of my program after one quarter because he was accepted to Harvard. And those statistics don't show the student who got 85 credits towards an AA degree and switched to become a massage therapist. And it doesn't show the student who got an AA that doesn't transfer somewhere and is working at Verizon making $65,000 a year and bought a condo in downtown Bellevue. Those, those statistics don't show a bigger picture of what success is. And that is simply just an educational success. Because even if my students dropped out of high school and they don't have their high school diploma, but they pass one quarter with me, they have 15 college credits. So they can already say that they have some college. So there's this variety of ways of looking at success, and yet the state, the government, if we're thinking tarot in the medieval society, the society says, here is what the ultimate definition of success is, is moving through the court cards and up to the king. The queen is good, but the king is better. I don't believe that, and yet that might be the lens 
of somebody coming in, somebody asking for a tarot reading, and checking myself as far as some of those biases that I might have around, oh, do I really want to be, you know, the king of pentacles? Is the queen of pentacles a little bit scary for me because it's, you know, mother earth goddess energy versus like strong stoic oak tree, right? Where are those biases inside me? Now, as far as thinking about what we can do with that, there are actually a lot of tarot decks that are trying to find different creative ways to get around the court cards. And I would say some of them to me kind of seem like, oh yeah, that gets to the heart of the matter, which is it's it's about describing different energetic states and not necessarily saying here's a personality trait that you need to embody. Um, but even, and I, and I mentioned this a couple um, of episodes ago, Joseph Campbell's hero's journey is problematic because if we think about hero and even the word hero, it typically is embodied by a male or masculine figure. And that maybe we have created this hero's journey and we see it and we talk about it, but what are all of the other energetic journey stories? And I know that there is the heroine's journey, and I'm not going to dive into that, but it just makes me think about what are some of the stories that aren't being told? What are some of those? Maybe you can think of some. Maybe you can't because they're in the shadows and we don't even know what to look for. So in some decks, the court cards have different names. And I would say that that is um, a way of getting around the page, the queen, the, um, the knight, and the king. And so some examples are seeker for page, and daughter, and princess, and beast, and child, and student, and seer. So in thinking about the page in the court card is a novice, is a beginner, some of those make sense. Seeker, student, and yet when I think about student as compared to, say, teacher, right, there's often still, even in that, embedded a hierarchy. So some examples for instead of knight would be apprenticed, apprentice sun, prince, witch, amazon, traveler, or seeker. For queen, an alternative could be artist, shaman, mother, grandmother, daughter, visionary, or sibyl. And for king, some alternatives could be mentor, priestess, father, knight, shadow, mother, architect or sage. So those are some examples. And as I'm even reading through the list, I gotta be honest, there is still some of that embedded hierarchy in my gut soul when I read mother as the highest expression in the tarot court cards, right? Instead of king 
or father. Father feels like that fits within the culture, within the legacy that has been brought down as the, my particular ancestors from Europe that came out of the medieval times. Okay, father seems okay. Like I can get on board with that. And yet father has even that energetic story attached that father is stronger or better in some capacity than mother and mother is over son and son is over daughter. So there are decks out there that are working to break down some of this ladder of success hierarchy and yet I still find that there's a lot of problems with that. Um, And it's not something I think that I can solve right in a 20 minute podcast And yet it's just something that has been really on my mind is this hierarchy. Similar to that, as we're talking about systems of oppression and the hierarchy, I've been really thinking about my decks, my tarot decks, and the images on the cards. So the original tarot deck is images that seem to reflect medieval Europe. And when I think of medieval Europe, I think of pale skin and blonde or, you know, brunette hair, but definitely images the queens and the kings and the entire tarot deck is white. And when I'm thinking about, I have six tarot decks. So I have the Shadowscapes tarot deck, I have the Dreaming Way tarot deck. I have the original um, Centennial Rider Smith Weight deck. And then I have um, an Animal, the Wild Unknown Oracle deck. And then I have the Sun and Moon. And the Sun and Moon deck that I have is the only one that features any images of people that are not white. So people of color. And this has been particularly on my mind um, in the last few days as somebody who is active on social media and involved with sort of the loosely, I guess, involved in the spiritual entrepreneurship because tarot can be seen as a spiritual endeavor and it falls under capitalism, right? I'm selling tarot readings online. I'm engaged in um, the tarot community. And there is a woman named Danielle Laporte who is really big into the in life coaching, has written some great books and has an online platform and you know 180,000 Instagram followers or something to that effect. And recently launched, or was attempting to launch, um, a coaching program. And the images that were used were terribly offensive. And I'm not sure the intention, I would imagine if I give the benefit of the doubt, the intention behind it wasn't to be offensive or to be oppressive and um, racist. And yet the images were images of black people with portions of their skin being lighter um, with the tagline lighten up. And so I've been thinking about that as I've watched it unfold 
there was, you know, an apology-ish online and the changing of the branding. And I started to think more deeply about the images that I see in my tarot cards and in the tarot readings that I give people and how in most of the decks, there isn't a range of imagery shown, right? Now that might've worked for medieval Europe, but does that work for 2018 and the diversity of experiences and the diversity of people that I see in my daily life, right? So even not just the court cards and not just the, you know, um, the suits, but in thinking even about the major arcana as these big spiritual themes that supposedly everyone experiences are, is it accurate? Is it accurate? Um, and when somebody comes to a tarot reading and their experience isn't reflected back, how does that make them feel? And how does that continue to perpetuate their experience if it's their skin color or their situations, if that isn't reflected? There's a tarot deck that has four additional cards and it's based out of the South. And I think that the four additional cards are the Heat, um, I think Mosquito Swarm, uh, Mardi Gras, and um, there's something else. I'm blanking on it at this moment. And what I loved coming across that is the, re- the representation in cards of life experiences of people who live in the South. And so there are actually a lot of tarot decks Um, out there that are working to break down these issues. Their Dust to Onyx is one that I know about by Courtney Alexander, which is a beautiful melanated tarot deck, which shows these just incredibly gorgeous figures. And really, I would say, would really speak to African-American tarot readers people of color coming to a tarot session. And I, and I thought about buying the deck and here's where I have hesitation. So I, as a white tarot reader, have a bunch of white tarot decks and one tarot deck that has a multi, um, multitude of colors and ethnicities and genders appears in the imagery. And I really like my shadowscapes. Um, even though the diversity of race isn't involved, there is a lot of ambiguity around gender identity in a lot of, in a lot of the images. Um, but I, as a white tarot reader, worry about having a tarot deck or using a tarot reading with people that are depicted that don't look like me, because what I'm concerned about is taking and tokenizing other cultures. I've been thinking a lot about what it means to be white and what it means to be a white tarot reader and 
who my ideal clients are and how do I like who am I here to serve and who am I here to help and how do I do that and I think it's important to kind of notice all those different layers that I have and then try to figure out okay how do I go out there into the world and do do this thing and um and help people um to to enlighten their lives and um you know maybe pinpoint some stuck spots not that I have the answers because I just like with my teaching I don't come in and say here I have all the answers I have this is some answers in this context here's some experience here's some things you might want to think about in the education system I know how to help navigate it's not the end all be all I don't know everyone's life story so I'm thinking about my tarot decks and the ones that I gravitate towards and the images I see and the images that I feel comfortable then also sharing. So I ask the question, is it okay for me as a white tarot reader to primarily use decks that only featured people of color? Would that be okay? Would that be weirdly culturally appropriating things? Would that be trying to sell something or market something by just kind of tokenizing and saying, here, look at me. I have all this, you know, interest in race and look, I'm woke, quote woke, right? So these things go through my mind and I don't have the answer. I would love feedback from anyone who is listening to this. You know, you could send me an email. I'm on Instagram under Leo Rising Tarot or Jenna Fox Says, my personal um, Instagram account. And I would love to have this conversation around how to be out in the world and do the things that I love and to keep in mind that I don't want to continue to perpetuate these different oppressive systems. And that's my question for you guys. What are you doing? What suggestions do you have for me? I would love for you to reach out. Email, Instagram, Facebook. Let me know. Because I think that tarot is a great tool for self-exploration, not just in examining the self, but also in providing some actionable steps, I went ahead and did a three-card reading for myself around this topic that I was exploring today. So in looking at different systems of oppression, hierarchy, racism, um, masculinity and femininity, and the non-binary way that we could approach the world, the three-card spread that I came up with, King of Swords is on the left, which is looking at the energy that I'm leaving behind or wishing to leave behind. The Magician came up as the center card for the energy that I'm wanting to step into. And the Seven of Pentacles is the energy, um, the action that I need to take in order to make the Magician happen.
So let's talk a little bit about this King of Swords here. Reading directly from the Dreaming Way Tarot Little White Book, yeah, Little White Book, um, it says that this is a capable, incredible person, high standards, and analytical mind. And so if I'm thinking about this card as a way of explaining sort of maybe where I am, I take this image, which is of a rather, um, I would say, gender ambiguous individual. However, it being called King of Swords, I'm going to say he white man on a throne looking at the at the um the camera so to speak straight forward dressed in white kind of very regal looking and almost has an effortless sort of ease about their posture with a sword on their lap and just kind of you know um man spreading on the throne with a crown and very white this idea of wanting to leave this card behind and stepping into something new and different. And I would say in my life that that makes sense as I'm exploring these things of kind of the need to be um, perfect, the need to have these high standards, the need to have this analytical mind. Not that that's bad or wrong, but that that can actually keep me from engaging in some pretty challenging, difficult conversations and self-growth if I'm always trying to appear perfect, have my thoughts all in order before I begin speaking, before I ask questions, before I research, before I just get out there and start engaging in this community. Let's talk about the middle card. And if you're interested, I will have this on Instagram so you can see the actual image. This card is the magician. And so this is the energy that I'm wanting to step into. And the image on this card, I would say, is definitely gender ambiguous. I, as a queer person, really love this image because it feels so in the middle. I can't tell if it's a boy or a girl. And I love that um, because we can't tell, right? That the energy, it's all there in this magician, um, which is some of the, the magic, I would say, of the magician. So reading from the Little White Book, the Dreaming Way Tarot, it says the magician is one of the two persons in the tarot who have a Mobius strip. One person means wisdom, and the other means strength and love. The Mobius strip also indicates infinity. Therefore, the magician means infinite wisdom. The person can do his or her job most efficiently and has the ambition to succeed in all endeavors. Wow, that's a hopeful card. I would say that I am light years away from ever embodying that card. But as we know, we talked about major arcanas are life theme cards and the magician here standing in gender ambiguity and having these different elements the sword and the wand and the coin and the cup surrounding them in this way this card would be beautiful even more beautiful to me if it wasn't just white skin staring back at me that could be like okay how do we embrace all of this, breaking down these systems of oppression that they are living in and participating in. 
So the action, the how to get there card is a seven of pentacles. And I actually really love this image because it's a very feminine image and it looks like they have shopping bags all around carrying a bunch of maybe groceries and we're shopping in and her hair is very free-flowing um, in the wind there's one pentacle coin that's kind of floating in the air but all these shopping bags in her hand and um, the reading from the book it says taking time to reflect on what you have and what you need questioning your choices and wow is that not an absolutely powerful card for this reading right leaving behind this idea of having it all perfectly thoughts aligned analysis stepping into this magician energy which is about finding that balance and infinite wisdom and doing it by looking at and analyzing choices especially as i know that choices in the in the pentacles pentacles really look at finances and career and family and things that are material wealth looking at that wow I need to take a few minutes and just let that soak in again I'll have this image on Instagram so you can look at the reading that I did for myself as I explore through this very challenging topic Hey friends, thanks for listening to Leah Rising, a tarot and creative intuition podcast. As of January 2021, this podcast and all of the information is archived. So feel free to listen to the episodes. The wisdom of the tarot is everlasting. But much of the information about um, booking a reading from people has changed in the last couple of years. So know that there isn't a tarot um, Instagram account or email address or way to get a hold of me for readings at this point. And of course, I will update that in the future if it changes.